I have to get the Rio Norte completely re-railed in nine months, and I'm gambling your new metal can do what you say it can. I'm staking my business on it. Nobody's used rude in metal. Why do we have to be the first? Well, they say you're intractable, you're ruthless, your only goal is to make money. My only goal is to make money. Yeah, but you shouldn't say it. Garbage in, garbage out. Hello, hello, all you gigalos. Welcome to Garbage In, Garbage Out. I'm your host, currently really vibing off of some muscle relaxers, Kelton. And I'm joined, as always, by my amazing co-host, Grift. How's it going, buddy? Uh, it's going. I, I've now been exposed to um, Ayn Rand. I, th- this is my initiation, and I'm. It, it un- unfortunately, the shop is now objectivist. Uh, when <laughs> when any any other people you know look into maybe start their own merch grifts or uh, just have really want to consult at all when they ask, uh, I'm from now on just going to be like, no, sorry, <laughs> uh, you uh, not you, today. You, you you can't have my wisdom. It's not properly earned. <laughs> I mean that is objectivism, you know. Uh, but uh, joining us this week is probably the king of O faces, right? That's what objectivism—that's uh, that, what they're called. Uh, anyway, it's uh, it's Bo from the Psychic Dolphin Garage. How is it going? What's up, baby? Uh, this movie sucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a huge piece of shit. I've, I've got nothing more to say than that. You, you, the, the fucking other what y'all usually do like an hour, an hour twenty for an episode, right? Like the rest of this can just be dead air. The movie fucking sucked. <laughs> Go home. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah, in general, I try and make sure our episodes are shorter than the actual movie that we're covering because you know that seems like otherwise uh, we're reserving a special spot in hell. Well, yeah, I mean uh, this episode could be probably like four or five hours long and still feel shorter than that fucking movie <laughs> because jesus christ i i, I kept looking yeah. at the time thing and it was like every 10 minutes a minute would pass terrible it, it, it really the pacing of it is truly bizarre i'm sure we'll be getting into that mm. in just a moment but uh for anyone wondering and i guess who just had their uh podcast player autoplay this episode and they haven't looked to see what we're talking about yet we're actually talking about uh a film adaptation of atlas shrugged or i guess specifically a third of atlas shrugged uh and so it's a joy for anyone unfamiliar the uh, like a real basic synopsis is uh, a powerful railroad executive struggles to keep her business alive while society is crumbling society. around society society tm indeed yes she is going to become the Joker, I think is what happens in part three. Uh, it's, uh, uh, God, hey, uh, hey, I don't know. This is what happens when people are only allowed to own one business. <laughs> <laughs> that, I, like my favorite thing about this is that like we're told, you know, and the, uh, the t- movie came out in 2011. And it's set in the distant future of 2016. Ooh. Um, yeah, I, I that sucks <laughs> it's so bad but set your grimy uh, future you know 200 years in the future or at least like 30 years in the future not like oh you know why they did it Bo. Well, right? why is that Th- they did it for budgetary reasons oh like, well, yeah of they course. didn't have yeah. the budget to have it become a period movie of the 1950s or like of like the retro future i want to see so the 2016 election in this universe Oh, it's like, fucking gorgeous. Yeah. Trump and Hillary going around on trains. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's every autistic kid's dream to I be. I build the fair. best rails. Yeah. My my son, uh, my son, fucking uh, what's the kid's name? Uh, Baron. Don? Don my, Don my son Baron tells me I have the best trains. He knows all about trains. Too much about trains. That's a terrible impression. <laughs> But yeah. let me tell you something. <laughs> My opponent loves getting railed and not in the good way. Huh? No, okay. That's uh, a running yeah, game that we spotted, sure like, touch fainting, on. getting in and out of a rail car. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> the Epstein train logs. Uh, is- <laughs> <laughs> I, I am sure that we will touch on this at some point in the just dense synopsis of this of this work of this masterpiece. But um, I think getting railed is key because goddamn, if Dagger Tagger just just got a little bit of dick one time, maybe she'd be normal. Yeah. Maybe. 
Well, well, you know, we see her get some some dick in the help. movie. Yeah, you know, because they're both incredibly weirdos. passionate missionary for approximately twenty six <laughs> seconds, and that it was it, like it was like know, the room uh, with none of the charm. <laughs> Whoever says that movies don't have sex scenes anymore? <laughs> yeah, this is actually why this goes into the against sex scenes uh, category. Anyone who says like no, it can tell me how this did this is anything. an argument uh, against sex scenes. <laughs> I mean, like, this film itself is bad, and I wonder if people who like Atlas Shrugged, the book, actually enjoy the movie. People who like like Atlas Shrugged. Uh, uh, no, guys. Like uh, even better, yeah, Let's, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, under twenty-five-year-old men who enjoy <laughs> Atlas Shrugged. White men in the suburb. <laughs> yeah, we can keep narrowing the guy it down. From falling down. Yeah. <laughs> well i mean it just seems like it's twilight for libertarians it's Absol- kind of like absolutely the, the, no it's 50 shades for libertarians is what it is oh, yeah i like it I it's like the it. exact yeah. same just people arguing with each other in offices except there's no i mean there's far less fucking you know it's it's so what it's atlas shrugged bf uh the da vinci code mommy g <laughs> right is the yeah that's that's spot on the thing I mean, like, while I was watching it as a setup, I I don't know if y'all are familiar with the HBO show Succession. Have y'all seen that? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, this felt like Succession if it wasn't satirical or like, you know, you're following like the lives of the incredibly rich and famous and fabulously wealthy. And there's no real stakes because they're still going to be rich and famous and fabulously wealthy no matter what happens. Like what was alluded to earlier when uh, one of our, our main characters has to sell off all of his businesses, but one, he's still a billionaire. He still has his houses <laughs> and he's still able to go like on these lavish vacation getaway type things. Like his life isn't impacted in any way, shape or form. Yeah. It's bizarre to me. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, that's the fundamental thing with, I mean, these types of ghouls, both in fiction and in real life. Like, what more could you want? Why are you as a millionaire, you know, sitting in Congress when you could be sitting on a fucking beach somewhere? And and it's 100% just this is a weird, fucked up game of, you know, like one of those train themed board games that takes hours to set up and you play for one hour and then you no, Bo, I don't. Well, if I'm you sorry, did, but keep going. If you did uh, <laughs> perhaps never go outside, you might know about this kind of thing. Um, and that's 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 who this movie is for. People who are really into that board God. game. I like how this the, the level of um, its portrayal of, of political corruption was just them just having these like guys in Washington and then they're like lobbyists <laughs> going yeah. on like cable news shows to, to, to sway public opinion. It, it, it really uh, it, 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 was, it was so stupid <laughs> it was like oh so that's how you actually think that like lobbying works really <laughs> like that that is how oh, yeah you God. just meet up okay. for for you know brandy big old snifters of brandy in some nondescript club with your with your politician buddies and you say hey this is really <laughs> fucked things up if uh this happened oh it sure would wink and you spend 30 minutes uh having a conversation that could have wrapped up in five this could have been an email yeah. It truly could have. There's nothing lobbyists love more than just gathering together and repeating the same point on five different <laughs> occasions, I think is, uh, I, I don't know. Like the, the movie itself from like a filmmaking standpoint is broken and I want us to get into that. But like the philosophy of objectivism for anyone who isn't familiar with it is basically talking about the virtue of being selfish and not really giving a damn about anyone other than yourself. And uh, basically that anyone who is less well off than you deserves to be that less well off. Um, And I feel like that's a, ideology and philosophy that really could have only existed in the 1950s Yeah, because immediately after that it was proven to just be an outright lie completely and so I, I mean I'm very confused about how anyone could think oh well purporting that philosophy in a film will make people want to root for this <laughs> character who says that they themselves are human garbage and not as and good. not even like, in a fun it, way it doesn't yeah. make sense 
Yeah, it would be like watching a Zack Snyder Batman movie where Batman actually says, like, fuck Gotham. And then he just stays in the Batcave and hoards more wealth yeah. the entire time. Yeah, like, absolutely. That, I mean, Batman's, when, Batman's doing great. Batman doesn't need any fucking help from the government. <laughs> well, yeah, no, the, the government and Batman have, like, a, a real issue. Yeah. Uh, a cab in Batman world means all cops aren't Batman, <laughs> I think. So... Um, that, that, that's how he sees the world. Yeah. But, uh, no, I, I mean, I think, like, it, uh, it, it is very appropriate to have this movie here uh, in the twilight of White Boy Summer because, like, <laughs> who else is this is this movie for other than you know the maybe sixteen to twenty year old white guys, middle class, upper middle class, who, despite having never done anything straight C's all through school. Uh, they definitely earned where they are in life. Uh, they definitely earned that job yes. at dad's dealership. Uh, you know, Ford dealership. Like that's <laughs> that is that is their their spot in life that they've earned through hard work and grit and determination, and uh, running an entire I, I steel mean, mill on their own. Yeah, like, but that whole idea, like, I, and I understand, like, you know, that that the example, and I agree with it. But even if you want to think that and as ridiculous as like the myth of American exceptionalism is there are countless stories of people who have kind of come from obscure backgrounds. I'm not going to say poor mm. backgrounds because you know, um, things get complicated real fast that way. Um, but coming from, uh, obscurity and then rising to prominence, be and is their individual worth did not change in terms of what their metal was, <laughs> but rather you know how much capital that they were able to gather. Yeah, and they really uh, try to ignore that this in entire movie until like the fucking end when it's like there's going to be a capital strike, well, and I'm like fuck you, that's not how the world works at all. <laughs> you will be replaced by an algorithm in like three seconds, yeah. you old man. Fuck you. Well, like throughout the entire movie, uh obviously due to budgetary concerns but also like it just perfectly fit the ideology like th th there were no workers shown and it almost like went out of its mm -hmm. way to, to I absolutely uh, notice that have have these sort of these 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 trains building themselves running themselves like there were there were you know oh, yeah. some, some people talking about like, how he, walking he... around on like the fringes of the screen who look like they might be construction workers but like the the entire uh it's, they are white also. Yeah, the, Let's not forget that. Like yeah. the, the entire experience of anyone in this uh, all time great depression and, or like working on these rail lines to feverishly fix them after like this horrendous, <laughs> horrendous crash on it. <laughs> like, like, oh, my God, like you can go on and on like this, like the the reason people were worried about this company, the reason like the government was worried about this company was that they they had like more uh, like a monopoly. Yeah. They both had like a monopoly and like so many crashes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it was like, they're both. <laughs> it was yeah. an entirely justified government response. Well, yeah. And, and this is alluded just... to in, in the scene with the guy from the union who's like, uh, hey, nobody wants to work on your trains because they keep exploding. <laughs> and she's like, well, I'll are you going to put that in writing? Are you going to say that they can't do that? It's like, no, no I'm not don't fucking say care. Can't. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to advise against it. Well, I'll get volunteers. Like, you, sure. You know fucking the, great. The fucking like filmic fundamentals of this movie suck ass when like even the cinematography and shit in that scene is on his side. Like I, I kept noticing these things where where it was almost shot as if again very cinematography one on one kind of bullshit where like um uh fucking the the steel guy um I have his name written down Henry Reardon yes Henry Reardon um <laughs> was like cast in shadow and the guy from the government he was talking to was in light and and a million other you know very trite examples of of uh, the way cinematography works. But like that's those are your protagonists. You're doing it fucking ass backwards. You're doing a, a high shot for Darth Vader, or whatever. Yeah, you no, know, like, I, I I also think we have to consider that these are union people who are making this I movie. Had the same thought. That is talking about like how bad the unions are. Also, did you see it? Like how many former Star Trek actors were in this fucking movie? <laughs> like no, but that's fucking it's hilarious. Insane. And for anyone wondering, well, why would they do this? Do they need a paycheck? Well, number one, yes, but also. 
it's a SAG requirement that you're in a certain number of projects within a given time frame. So this checks that box to keep them all SAG eligible oh, no. and keep those benefits <laughs> and, and keep rolling their fucking in. health insurance and yada yada. Yeah, that they big, got big from their guild, again. aka a union. Big, yeah, big just, and Hollyweird too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, th- this whole thing felt like just a very low rent version of like a nine zero two one zero thing from the 90s is just but yeah, my vibe. Like, but, like you were saying about the lighting in the scenes, like so many of the scenes in this movie were just these really uh, like bland uh, business meetings like, but like the guy would be sitting at his desk, but the but like the, the desk lamp would be on but it wouldn't be properly like illuminating him. It would just like yes. like <laughs> just the, the 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 dialogue was just like they were conveying a lot of information with the dialogue and it was cl- clearly like some like intricately thought out like sort of economic uh, plot scheme but mm-hmm. it was just not relayed in a way that anyone could both pick it up off the top and like relate to the characters or the story or anything like it was like. Like this was the first piece of uh, like like Randian media, I guess that like I've I've never read any of the books, never the big like, mainstream seen one, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like and so just like seeing this like full, just experiencing this like full blast of just like sheer like like autism with the like like, like with the fucking trains and just like the the overwhelming yes. presentation of like like obscure uh, like. Um, and a very like like nihilistic uh, like <laughs> ideology it was like to oh my god like how is anyone supposed to like how is anyone supposed to enjoy this or well, just like yeah, see this as entertainment you, you you touch on something good there in the i mean we already talked about like oh yeah it's highly steeped in objectivism and that's you know stupid offhand but on top of that uh, in the setting of this, Rand essentially makes up a kind of socioeconomic system to get mad at. She does. Exactly. You, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's set in 2016, a 2016 very comparable to our own in that there are, you know, fucking economic problems, shortages. Uh, honestly, the quote unquote dystopia depicted in this movie looks pretty fucking rosy compared to the last couple of years. Yeah. It also is um, weird how they're like gas is over $40 a, a gallon. So you know what that means? We're going back to trains, trains. not solar yeah. power, not electric power. Trains, baby. <laughs> yeah. trains. trains, baby. Yeah. Trains, you know, as, as most American cities are very well adapted for. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, it's essentially Rand makes up this this kind of guy to get mad at, but all these problems are extant under like capitalism as we know it in the real world. So you're really just not making a very good point about your ideal. You know, it, it, it's the, oh, it's not capitalism, it's crony capitalism, but as a whole fucking hour and 30 goddamn minutes movie. When, when the crux of the, th- of the first act is... We have a railway system that is a hundred years old, but the government won't let us replace it. That fuck you. You don't know how the government works. Like, yeah. That is the thing yeah, that they would the be thing. like, sure. These, yeah. Fix it. Yeah. If these guys were good capitalists, they would play the game. They would be they would have the government in the fucking palm of their hand. But because they are, you know, these these Randian supermen, uh, no. Uh, you know, it has a G stamp on it, which means we can't touch it. I can't. Yeah, clearly they're a team of Washington lobbyists. Like, just they aren't getting the job done. It, it's also a world <laughs> like where like there's only three main lobbyists basically, and everyone <laughs> yeah, watches yeah. like guys one news show or two news shows, and that's yeah. it. A, a news show, by the way, that reports on shit like a a fucking uh, uh, oil processing plant in Colorado catching on fire nationwide. Or uh, there was another one I wrote down uh, further up on my notes where it's just like, why is this? Why is this news? Yeah. You know, no. well, that comes up so many times like what as the a news is, presentation. Thing. No, no, I'm sorry. I really hate to break it to you, Griff. I'm not sure that a storyline like that would be dominating <laughs> like all the smoke easy conversations. Oh, <laughs> <about laughs> like, oh, did you I'm, hear that one taggered rail? I know, boy. Oh, we're all fucked because of it. And if, no, that's what it is. Yeah. It, it's the, the launch of the fucking uh, taggered rail line where they're like, Oh yeah, here we go. Uh, why is this on the news nationwide? Nobody fucking. Cares. Oh yeah. You're talking about the John Galt line, right? 
Uh, uh, yeah, the jungle okay. line starting well, up. I, yeah, in yeah. that case, then I, I reside back with Grift because, like, that was an event where, like, we were like, we're about to watch a hundred people all kill themselves <laughs> as, <laughs> as they launch immediately into the side of a mountain when the bridge God, breaks. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I actually think that that probably would be something we would follow along with. But anyway, Grift, yeah, keep going. I mean, it like you know, it's it's. Uh, you you follow along with a national manhunt for a, for a missing uh, Instagram white woman, uh, and yeah. you know you're 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 following along on the new ex- the the new high speed train on the experimental track uh, with with the company that has had more crashes uh, than than any other and somehow has a monopoly. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see how this goes. <laughs> hey, it works. It's a system that works, right? That that's what we're told actually we're told it doesn't work but it's because of uh so much government interference and you know the socialists grabbing back power somehow so that Mm -hmm. way then excellent states like uh let me check my notes here colorado don't have to bear the brunt and carry the rest of the union Uh uh-huh sure sure buddy colorado is going to be the the number one state in the union great yeah Colorado was was rolling it. They mentioned it several times. Like this is this is now the richest state. Like it is more, and it's and it's be it's being asked to pay more than its fair share it, in five <laughs> years. Though, like that's what they're trying to say is that in like it's 2011 right now. In five years, Colorado will become like the new mecca of everything. And uh, no, that's not true. It's because of like the iron and copper ore. Is that really why? Is that how they think stuff works that you know no it would still stay new york and la uh, as like the cultural hubs and that's where people would want things to be their business yeah that's where most of the shit takes place in the movie yeah the businesses would still like be <laughs> filed as functioning in delaware for you know tax purposes it isn't mm. like they would be moving to colorado that doesn't make any fucking sense um it, it, it's really stupid uh Anyways, okay, so big, big brain point time, big, you know, kind of thesis statement point. Uh, Bo, what did you think about this movie overall? You just got to have a real fucking complex. Like, I I already touched on this with the making up a kind of economic system. Uh, You got to have a real fucking complex to, like, prefigure this world where it is the failings of contemporary capitalism, but then you build a whole fucking Star Wars uh, (laughs) prequel-esque fictional society around it (laughs) to make it make sense in, in, like, an objectivist framing. Um, Ayn Rand is a freak. I wish only death upon anyone who espouses her ideology, Uh, especially, um, like, Rand Paul's neighbor did nothing wrong. Yes, precisely. Yeah, I mean... I'm going to put on my misogynist hat here for a second. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. White boy summer may be over by the time this comes out, but as we're recording, we still have a couple days misogynist left. Misogynist autumn. Welcome. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it, it, is there a Mr. Ogynist autumn? <laughs> misogynist man autumn. <laughs> God. Well, I mean, it, it's something that I feel like we have to bring up every point in time. Anytime someone mentions Ayn Rand is because, she truly was a dumb bitch. Like she trusted tobacco <laughs> companies. Cool no, because she trusted tobacco companies and their propaganda more than the government-funded <laughs> scientists. Not because they were scientists, but because they were government-funded scientists instead of tobacco company-funded scientists. And so yep. then, after decades of being a Medicare leech and receiving Social Security, she finally died and made the world a better place. But like the objectivist creator died requiring and needing the assistance of other people so uh shout out to marlboro for uh finally putting her underground Uh, yeah i I, yeah cigarettes like they may kill thousands (laughs) but they also killed ayn rand so maybe they're not all bad i suppose it's really impossible to say one way or the other (laughs) yeah yeah it's the like well sure like hitler was a bad guy but he did kill hitler so you know Exactly. <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, pretty wild. So, um, Grift, what about you? What what like thesis point would you want to state for people? Stay as far away from this as you can. It's <laughs> like it, it has this like clockwork universe that is only built to 
um, espouse what clearly is the ideology of the person who originally wrote this. Like, <laughs> like all it's all the characters are just saying like what they would want to say. Yes. So it's they they have no they have no like organic relationship to each other besides this uh, artificial construct of the of the plot and the way the like economy uh, and like labor system works in this world. Um, because yeah, like all the, 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 the point of this, the book later on, right. is like all the people are all the successful superior people in, in their minds are like dropping out and going to like, a, like another place to form their own, like better society. Griff, did you right? not get but, that like, from the third act where we're getting some yeah, awkward like, voiceover? <laughs> uh, th- th- yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like how are, how are they going to do that without any resources? They're just going off in the middle of nowhere. Just everyone, everyone on their like own schizo shit being like, okay, I'm, I'm going to be the best that I can be, but completely divorced from any of the, it, it's a Sigma male society. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, right? like, imagine, like it's, imagine it's that takes place in the real thinking. world though. Where like all the rich people yeah. are like, fine, fuck all y'all. We're gonna go live in our own nation. We'd be like, oh, so you're abandoning all of your houses and your resources that you have over here, and you're just up and leaving so you can, you know, hang out on Epstein's Island, I guess, but call it Atlantis. Um, and their answer would be yes, and then we would say, great, we're taking all of your shit then. And that's exactly what we would do. <laughs> it, like, oh, that little micro nation. Who's cleaning the toilets at the micro nation, John Galt? Who who's doing uh, all the the food preparation? Like, how's that whole system working out for you? Like, what are you I, doing? I could not help but notice in that scene where fucking uh, Hank, uh, what's his face, comes home uh, to his terrible rich people family and his terrible rich people friends. Uh, no, no, no. And he sits Hold down. On. His wife, for, ca- the casting was spot on for the, the wife. Oh, she killed yeah. it. She was one of the few actors in this that actually acted. Yeah. It was like, we need you to be just a stone cold bitch. She's like, yeah, just act- absolutely terrible about this nice, thoughtful uh, bracelet that your husband made you. <laughs> like, yeah, it's railroad pieces, but like, that's kind of cool. It's that's a metal no we one like has that. come up with before. Like, yeah, it's magic. <laughs> Very, it's very fashion forward, I'd say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, when Reardon fucking comes home and he sits down for dinner and just does not acknowledge his fucking butler, like, do, do you see him? Is he invisible to you? Even Batman acknowledged Alfred is all I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, not even like, so. uh, hey, thanks, or like, uh, that'll be all. Like, that'll be all, as imperious and fucking condescending as that is, would have been more than just the silence that he gave him. Yeah. I, I, yeah. The, it, it would make the, the helper's the entire, brain like, explode, though, if uh, he had to, you know, hear something if he spoken to by his betters. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like, the the entire set was like those like Met Gala pictures where the help is just off like cowering <laughs> yeah. to the side in masks and then there's some like some c- celebrity in a cape that says like equality for women or something. It's a quilt, <laughs> not a cape. Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, I'll have you know that it was from a black female owned business. So you're <laughs> hateful if you despise this incredibly tacky outfit that. Uh, Ugh. Yeah, Some, somehow saying it. Well, they, they got me again. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean this business is in the Panama Papers? That doesn't matter. <laughs> that's that's Latinx representation. Come on. Oh, uh, Christ. Well, uh, are y'all familiar with how this movie got made? Like the the behind the scenes element of it. I did some light googling okay. while I was watching Perfect. it because this is the kind of movie that compels one to yeah, be on their phone. Exactly. Wondering like why did this come into existence? And it mm. it was delightful to know that it was because one of the producers was trying to maintain the film rights. And so like he had to hammer out a movie because he had failed to do so for like three decades. So just like that awful like 1970s Fantastic Four movie that got made but was never officially released, like that's kind of the tier that this movie probably should fall in or be considered. Isn't, Where, isn't where's that, that Snyder cut? <laughs> like, didn't they do that again with Fantastic Four in like 2010 uh, or, so, or 2014 yeah, or something? Yeah, that, like, that's why they rushed yeah, that production as well. Yeah, yeah, because they needed to keep the ip and then you know it worked out incredibly well right because disney doesn't wind up owning it anyway 
So, yay. Uh, it, it's all awful. Um, My fan oh, hell, is safe for yet another, uh, yet another <laughs> fucking copyright cycle. But, uh, uh, by the way, like, if anyone's paying attention to, like, the uh, ongoing legal battle that's going to be unfolding, uh, the heirs to several of the comic creator estates are arguing that they, in fact, should maintain the rights over these characters, not the companies. And it will be fascinating to see what ends up happening because like in the, you know, pure optimism sense, I want to think, oh, wow, this means that then like they can at least if they get the rights, they can choose to lease it back to Marvel or whatever. But in reality, I have a feeling it will probably mean Disney will go, fine, here's a billion dollars. Give us Spider-Man again. And they'll Mm -hmm. say, yeah, and then it'll be over with. Unfortunately, or here's Spider-Man, uh, but they replace the uh, the fucking I with a lowercase L. So it's like eh, fine. Uh, the mouse always wins. Does does this feud have a uh, gate uh, name? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Why don't we just call it Heaven's Gate, and then uh, we can sure no, nothing wrong there with that title i'm sure what's there we go um but uh back to atlas shrugged it was directed by an actor who uh was on one tree hill like this is his only film directing credit and he also cameos oh. as the john galt guy aka fedora and suit man mr x yeah, yeah. who acts like the nick fury for libertarians <laughs> like i've come to recruit you to the atlantis initiative uh, like that, that kind of shit. Um, so they just pulled this guy out of the lineup and said, okay, direct this. Literally, they had plans for another director. He wasn't accomplished either. I forget his name. But then nine days before filming started, that guy said, like, this is, no, I'm not doing this. And then they uh, turned to this guy and he's like, I, yeah, sure, I can direct, I guess. So and it's truly wonderful to know. That's, you know, who was behind the camera really making these compelling scenes work together as this project did, Um, especially when it was written by a guy who had pretty much only done schlocky horror movies, like below even like the asylum level tier movies, like titles like Evolution, for example, like that's the, that's what we're going for. Um which is weird because, like, when you juxtapose that with um, the the person who actually was the cinematographer, it's bizarre because, like, the cinematographer has done a lot of TV stuff, like Angel, Ugly Betty, Nashville, Grimm, and then he also is the cinematographer for that For All Mankind Apple TV show. Uh, mm. You know the one, that, like, what if Russians landed on the moon first? Any any quibby work in uh in that, in yeah. that catalog on that resume? Hey, hey hey hey! I will not besmirch that. I I was like, what piece of shit premise is this? And then I look it up. I'm like, well, this sounds silly. And then like in season two, it's actually interesting because the Russians included women and minorities into their space program, so the U.S. Based. had to do it as well. Uh, but and because <laughs> Russians landed on the moon first, there was pressure on the U.S. to include women and minorities from the the jump instead of like uh, making a white guys club. After the fact, yeah, yeah in like the fucking eighties. Yeah, and then we make a movie called Hidden Figures about it. Uh, there yeah, you go. Yeah, that, that's what we do. Um, but then the the editing and the that's this is the thing that shocked me. It was edited by two people. One of them was an editor for episodes of The Haunting of Hill House as well as Bridgerton and you can kind of see a little bit of that in the uh the way that this movie is made. But the other one and I didn't include this in the notes cuz I wanted it to surprise y'all. Uh that person now works on a YouTube channel called Brat TV, which is like for elementary <laughs> school sketches about basically being Uh-oh. like a shitty little kid who's smarter than all the mean adults all around. Like, uh, yeah. And I'm sure they somehow make a million dollars a day. <laughs> Probably. Uh, it's because they're trafficking children. Uh, all those extras, well, you know. Libertarians for you. <laughs> Oh my god, some of the editing, like when the uh, title card did the wipe with just it, it was it just came and went so quickly and it just oh, and then yeah. it like immediately transitioned to the next 
to the next uh, background scene as well. <laughs> oh, like it, it was just baffling in its execution. Yeah, yeah. The editing, the editing, I think, was forcibly like choppy and fast, just because otherwise. Like I had to balance out the total drag ass that is this movie in general. <laughs> Otherwise, it would remind everyone of what we were watching. And uh-huh. yeah, it, it, it's yeah. like the title had to come out like really quick, like it was shy, and then just duck back behind before you realize. <laughs> oh wait, fuck! Am I watching Atlas Shrugged? Ew. Yeah, and like, isn't this supposed to be like Rand's like magnum opus? Oh like, yeah, the, like like. If they actually like had the care and respect for this uh, source material that they get their uh, ideology from, because like this was obviously like just funded on some boondoggle by a by a like right wing guy. Boondoggle was exactly the word. Like, and you'd 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 think they have have like the care to like try to frame it as something that has like weight or seriousness or. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like yeah they don't they don't give a shit either yeah and on the level of of if it was just trying to make money like this lost them so much fucking money (laughs) it's a great way to turn uh what 10 million 20 million dollars into three million dollars which is exactly what Uh, happened which i can do that with a with a trip to mcdonald's thank you very much (laughs) let me show you a little trick (laughs) make a pencil disappear and then you just jam this entire movie into your eye and your fucking brain explodes Because it sucks that bad. Christ. Yeah, I'll say it. Well, I mean, like, uh, do y'all venture back into the world of 2011 here with me for a moment? Um, Gamergate's still on the horizon. Yep. I've got a Zoom. <laughs> oh, Christ. Okay, well, let's bump. That's where let's I'm bump at. the brakes just a second here. <laughs> um, do y'all remember, like, this movie coming out at all? Was it in any of y'all's circles? You know, uh, funny enough, I was, like, a shitty 4chan libertarian boy. Uh, in, I would have been in high school at this point in time. And even I did not know that this movie came oh, out. Oh, see, I, so. I was in the, the conservative circles due to my parents of where, like, I knew that this was coming out. Like, I, I was mm. there, I, like, with <laughs> the forbidden knowledge of this piece of shit. Uh, and my yeah. God, because it, it debuted, like, the. in case anyone is wondering, like, well, what was the actual, like, leaning of this movie? Like, the it, the trailer itself came out in February of 2011 at CPAC. Like, that was where the trailer debuted. And mm. it was going to be released on the symbolic date of tax day. So, you know, ooh, look at that. Ooh, Atlas Shrugged. Dude, yeah. that's epic. That'll, that'll <laughs> stick it to uh, stick it to the IRS for sure. And then they, they wow. were like, well, we're going to advertise this among all of our Tea Party groups and Tea Party movement and Facebook groups. And God, Splinter remember cells. the Tea Party? Yeah, before they took over the Republican Party. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A- well, and, and I mean, just like what a wild misread of the rank and file of the Tea Party. Because, I mean, yeah, as much as they claimed it was like, Oh, it's about taxes. It's about Obama and the fact that he was black. <laughs> yeah, that's that's literally all it was ever about. It's just that these guys, you know, I guess got high on their own supply and were like, "Yeah, you know, the working class does hate taxes." <laughs> Wait, hold on. What are we supposed to do? Well, we're gonna raise taxes. Yeah, but we're gonna have a white guy raising taxes. By God, there we go. Yeah. Oh uh, God. I mean, you even had like Fox News talking heads like Sean Hannity and John Stossel joining in and plugging the shit so like you you would think that they would have an audience of some kind going into like the the opening day of it and you know they had like actual representatives locally arguing with theater chains talking about why it should be shown on more screens <laughs> <laughs> than, than it was initially planned that that's how you know that capitalism is the most efficient system and yeah. it, well, it comes out and then it is dead in the water like seven days in like it made all of its money in its first weekend and then no one came back to watch it it just completely fell flat on its face i mean it's kind of poorly timed there because the people hadn't been properly riled up yet like it, it clearly, it clearly there was a major failure in marketing if it didn't even reach, uh, like target demos that people who have you know like 
But I, I think we're in like the conservative movement, like would. Yeah, but I think that this movie is kind of like the the last movie that is leaning to, to the right. I say leaning in air quotes. It's very much to the right, but it, uh-huh. it is um, without there being any element of class consciousness, because it really was just we're watching all of these rich people living their wealthy lives being better than yeah. us and we're supposed to root for them because they're rich and you know when there's not even like an other enemy that we're supposed to be more fearful of it's like no i don't want to watch these people i don't care about what's happening there's no mm-hmm. real stakes about what's going on at that point i don't know um and so it's just fascinating to see because now every right-wing thing is like I am an ex-military operator and my daughter is locked in the school. I have to go bust in with two guns to make sure that she's safe. Otherwise, these terrorists are going to win or whatever. <laughs> like that that's the protagonist now. Um Yeah, and then there's inevitably like, you know, just incredibly hackneyed like plot points throughout that lead into in the very last 5 minutes some right-wing podcaster or something comes in as like special guest, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but you've already seen the movie at that point. You've bought your ticket. So uh, they're laughing all the way to the fucking bank. Yeah. I remember watching something. I think it was with Ryan Phillippe in it. And then it also had some other one, uh, other actor. I forget who, but uh, it, mm. it was like a generic action movie. I was considering it for Giga, which is why I was watching it. And then like the plot twist was that, uh, it was the Democrats and their war on guns, which is why, like, they blew up a college. <laughs> so oh, of course. Like, yeah. What? <laughs> oh, my no, God. Perfectly reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. that's uh, just just Jan, uh, Jane Sanders taking the next logical step. <laughs> <laughs> These school lunches are too uh, high calorie and unhealthy, and we're going to do something about it. It's direct action. All right. I mean, th- the movie the itself just feels so broken because we're introduced to uh, Dagny Taggart and then Henry Reardon. And they're working on a, a, a new type of metal uh, that he is going to make for her company. And then, you know, they, they uh, face uh, against the odds, but not really the odds. It, it's kind of weird. But regardless, mm-hmm. we watch these successful people suddenly make a, a fully functioning high-speed rail line, like you mentioned, Bo, with no mention of workers, no process whatsoever. I have the timestamp for where you actually see somebody working on something. I mean, a character <laughs> doing something in a movie that's not like having office conversations, and it's 45 minutes in. Yeah, that feels about right. Yeah, yeah. And it's... Oh boy! There was like one like uh, government welfare truck out on the street. Oh yeah, uh, I saw that. Drove yeah. by. Yeah, that was. That Which was. I'm pretty sure is like the street corner from "It's Always Sunny," like the exterior shots <laughs> of the bar. That would make sense. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't bother rewinding to check, but it has the same energy. Oh god! If not, you know, consider that it's always sunny for uh, future yeah. filming. Um. I mean, a much better example of objectivism in practice than uh, yeah. <laughs> literally any episode where Dennis is kind of the main feature is a better example of objectivism than anything Rand ever <laughs> fucking wrote in her life. Yeah. Uh, Iron Rand presents the Dennis system. So, yeah. Um, I, I, you see, I the Rand workers can't say no to exploitation <laughs> because of the implication. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like the, the, the ultimate um, Randian uh, Ubermensch is the golden god. uh i mean it it is so weird because then like after our our railway gets built and they're able to do what they need to do we're then taking on like a 30 minute the last 30 minutes of this movie is a massive detour into well actually there's this thing called like the the secret engine that could revolutionize travel we have to go find this and then they go into an abandoned yeah, how factory convenient. and then they find it and then like the lamest shit in the world they're like 
we have to find who owns the patent to this. And I'm like, what? <laughs> it's like, yeah, you guys are bastards. Just steal it. It's fine. Yeah. Also, this abandoned factory must have happened somewhere between 2011 and 2016. Like, you're acting yeah. like this was, like, centuries old. Uh, but no, not at all. Like, just check LinkedIn. I guarantee you, you can find whoever was working on this. Yeah, exactly. There's no social media presence for this company. No one mm-hmm. no one followed to anything else. There's no phones in this movie or at, at I all. I fucking there's hated some, like, that. There there's some desktop computers, yeah. but it's, like, it, it was very... It was definitely made at a time that was on the cusp of, like, the smartphone era, but... It's very glaring now. How I mean, I, you know, for, forgive me if I'm wrong, but no I internet, remember yeah. smartphones being pretty ubiquitous, uh, ubiquitous by fucking 2011. Like, yeah, people had smartphones and it's especially like yeah. rich fucks like well, these would have we have to remember the, the people who made this movie probably didn't. They probably right. ha- were the people <laughs> still clinging to Blackberry being the future. And so <laughs> they're like, they'll see. They'll miss the physical keyboard. Just watch. Uh-huh. They were they were texting each other you uh you up at three uh, a.m. on uh, BBM. <laughs> God, I mean it's it, it is weird because they they follow for the this engine. I'm sorry, I can't get off of this. And then it's almost like an SNL sketch where like every thirty seconds they're in a new location interviewing one person that then leads them to another person in a new location across the country and it just keeps getting more and more ridiculous yeah just i mean touching on like this movie's failures as just like a work of film as a medium that is a great example because they do several other montages and they're all different kinds of montages in this like there's the one where fucking uh reardon is selling off all his companies and it has subtitles of the company he's selling to these like random extras and it's like just just fucking you can skip all this have him say a line about Oh yeah, I had to offload all my companies, even the coal and the fucking all those that you list. Yeah, it could be a it's PowerPoint so bad. slide. Really, is what it yeah, is. Yeah, exactly. You know? um, it's terrible propaganda. Like, it, it, yeah, it's it, 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 if if this was trying to convince anyone like of this ideology or of this like way of life, just complete failure. Go back to the drawing board. I need to meet the person who, after watching part one, was like, fuck yeah, all right, part two, what's happening now? Uh, Mm -hmm. Let's go. Atlas shrugged. Atlas sure did. (laughs) Buys the three DVD set with, like, the deluxe editions. (laughs) You know, like... Uh, the commentary oh my god the commentary would be perfect i have atlas shrugged weekends like (laughs) okay you know i'm I'm back on board i would buy the dvd set if i got full director's commentary on on this (laughs) i would love to get that insight of like yeah in this shot it was actually pretty interesting the first thing you hear on the whole recording is just a huge bong rip (laughs) then a gunshot and then and then silence (laughs) that is your commentary take it or leave it oh christ i mean it's just the the whole thing i it feels honestly like an eighth grader's understanding of the world. Cause like, it's so it is. like, uh, true, true. But like, everything is so one dimensional. Like you have politicians. What do they do? Well, they're backstopping politicians. So we're going to show them backstabbing and then rich people who aren't captains of industry. They're spoiled jerks. And so that's all they're going to be. And then, you know, they- and, and they all, they all hang out in the same, like, uh, hotel bar it really looks like it really felt like they filmed the entire movie in one building and they were just you know didn't have a diversity of sets to make it work with like well the hotel ballroom is available from 5 to 9 p.m all right let's get all of our large dinner scenes taking place in there we'll run a sepia filter over it and hope for the best um I liked the uh, like like the, the the Mexican Playboy uh, air. He was guy. great. Yeah, he was he, he was, was the one redeeming feature. Of this not Antonio movie. Banderas Sh- was fantastic. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, absolutely. Show the Antonio the Banderas function, you get like... in the fucking DVD box by the checkout line. <laughs> That's who that guy yeah. is. <laughs> yeah, he he was just he was just showing up to the function like taking pictures with five girls. 
Just <laughs> nothing but pictures. Love big, big picture taker. Yeah, he, you know, his his gram is uh, is popping, as the kids say. <laughs> yeah, with that one one location, they always. Oh yeah, <laughs> drink yeah. you know well, that's what they say about being an influencer uh, here in the dark future of 2016 is that you gotta have uh, just one location so people know you're 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 a brand that can be trusted in these trying times. <laughs> <laughs> all the atlas shrug characters are living in like a tiktok influencer house oh my god, oh god. yes <laughs> oh yes <laughs> it's the circle but it's all about fucking i don't know trains they call it the strike house that's what they would do instead of the hype house is what it would oh. be oh there yeah I, I get it i i feel it <laughs> Uh, a few weeks ago, we had covered Battlefield Earth, and uh, on that episode, I talked about how I feel like I uh, owe George Lucas an apology for shoehorning in what I felt like was such pointless trade negotiation talks. Um, I and you know, I said, well, you know, Battlefield Earth that shows the the worst way you can do it. I need to amend that statement because this entire movie is the worst way that you could do it. Actually, um, <laughs> this thing just fucking blows because it's a hundred minutes of this drivel just over and over and over again. Honestly, I think if the lady from Orange is the New Black was instead uh, an eight foot tall blue alien and also stupid as hell, uh, this movie would have been far better. Yes, but th- much like Battlefield Earth. Uh, I mean, this this makes the trade negotiations in the Star Wars prequels seem relatively like brief and well explained and well thought out. And, it, it, like, makes, it makes di- the trade negotiations feel like the epi- like, uh, season one of House of Cards is what it feels like. You're like, wow, <laughs> yeah. such compelling dialogue. Oh, my God. Oh, wonderful. Uh, let, let's keep it going. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, fuck this movie, I guess, is, uh, you know, my 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 overall synopsis of, it's not of the lack of plot really because uh I, I'm, we're not going to do a recap obviously uh I, what yeah what is there to recap? i hope people it, figure that know, out by ah, now doing good business today oh yes business business <laughs> and that they fill an entire hour 30 with this bullshit it's a, of a three-part f- fucking trilogy it's, a, it's crazy it's the bojack horseman uh what's his, the three kids in the trench coat uh like uh yeah fucking vincent uh, businessman uh, or whatever the fuck his name is and you're like yep okay that's basically uh what this guy is doing yeah this (laughs) level of understanding (laughs) it rules this is it, it i mean and it is a film that is not i don't think ever meant to be consumed as art as griff you mentioned like it's the worst form of propaganda because it's propaganda you're meant to just consume in, in the same way that mm. like if you were get this is like a shitty stocking stuffer from your uncle you're like ah great <laughs> cool i guess uh, it's gonna keep the plastic wrap on for the next five years until it begins to <laughs> yellow just a little bit but then you drop it off at half price books and some poor fucking teenager is just weird forever oh no no let's not think yep. about that oh yep. god how many people have you influenced by <laughs> giving it away uh it's the sisterhood or the brotherhood of the traveling just b- dumb shit ideology i think yeah the brotherhood of the traveling fucking i swear no it's a trilby not a fedora it's different ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck uh see like i i i feel this could be like with a with a with a different focus and actually like good characters and and uh well well written script like this could actually be like a good story i guess if you like leaned into the dystopia and actually like fleshed out like a realistic world Yeah, because you're like, making children it, of men yeah like it's it's uh like this this is just <laughs> like or even make it at all like aesthetically interesting like yeah any anything know, about if, this make if it, it were they were there yeah. on the ground and these train lines are like laid out in a fucking hologram in front of them in their cyber office that's like right there you know i don't there's definitely something there with the trains like or you know what you do you set this at the bottom of the ocean uh and make it make it a video game and then also uh Uh, i i uh uh-huh uh and there's these little girls oh god okay (laughs) well now you're getting into the libertarian parts i see so yeah 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 uh uh, the aftermath of this movie was that the entire cast was replaced for the sequel, 
Atlas Shrugged <laughs> 2, The Strike, which was released in 2012 on a $10 million budget, and it made just over $3 million. The final film in the trilogy was released in 2014 thanks to Kickstarter funding, a.k.a. the thing where you (laughs) ask other people for money to help you cover the (laughs) costs of making this, and it made less than a million dollars. The entire entire thing uh, made less than $8 million. It is it is just a a wonderful beautiful flop of a film. It's it's a shame because uh, trains are so cool in themselves. <laughs> trains then, own trains own trains, absolutely trains own. And then you had like they're they're the entire focus of the economy of this like would be uh, dystopian fantasy universe. Yeah, and, let's be real. This this vehicle for Anne Rand's Mary Sue character, Mary Sue self insert yeah, in the form like, of Dagger Tagger. <laughs> And you like you 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 gotta have cool trains. You gotta have cool trains. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah, Snowpiercer right. train set in the Children of Men universe. Let's do this. We got we. There you go. That's that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah show the show the like gritty results of this this shithole you know universe where I guess gas is super expensive because we're bad at you know doing imperialism. Yeah. Do that. Yeah, that's the other thing. Like, no, we would we would just get into more wars in the Middle East before we let gas mm-hmm. cross like ten dollars a gallon. So. Cross like a buck eighty. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because like didn't didn't she write this in like the late fifties? Yeah. So and that that that, that was before uh, the the Middle East and OPEC and stuff had start to started to well, you see, they, exercise they had to, leverage with oil. They had to us. like shoehorn yeah. an, an event to take place. To make trains relevant again, so they could have the yeah. movie happen. They can't update it, you know, uh, too much. Otherwise, people will go like, "Where are the trains? I like this for the trains. Bring me the trains over and over again." So, mm-hmm. the, the, the updated version of Atlas Shrugged is these not being train companies; these being like uh, <laughs> um, airline companies. Yes, yes, that's exactly right. Or you yeah. know what? Why not just go uh, whole hog obnoxious and make them like steampunk dirigible companies? Yes. Oh my god. Let's yeah. go. You yeah. know these these awful lobbyists are stopping them from abolishing age of consent laws. Like really lean into the libertarian <laughs> fantasy here. I mean, it would show uh, the battle of the everyman. I think in mm, that world, indeed. So. Uh, you know it, it's really fucked up that it doesn't show a single worker until 45 minutes in and that worker is a zeppelin pilot um who they don't even acknowledge as a <laughs> as a character uh, uh, uh it's so bad but now we we get to our final segment here where we're arguing about whether or not something is garbage um another way to phrase this i realized that i was inspired a little bit by Bo. Um, is this a movie that fucks or a movie that sucks? <laughs> so I'm flattered um, that, that you would <laughs> you would customize this to my <laughs> to my exacting specifications. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it was in the contract uh, to get you on of for course. this episode. So yeah, of course, of course, of course. <laughs> and thank you for the ten million dollars and uh, the trains. <laughs> my really, I'm here for the for the model yes, trains. Your reared in steel bracelet will be in the mail shortly. <laughs> so. <laughs> Check, keep an eye on the keep an eye on the merch shop. I'm telling you, <laughs> the finest in aluminum foil available this fall. Yeah, uh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say this movie uh, sucks more than than the number of dudes that um, Ayn Rand uh, sucked off after getting married. There we go. <laughs> yes, Mad respect. <laughs> I mean, yeah, because really, that's all this movie is. It's about Ayn Rand saying, "Hey." If I can just be a human spreadsheet, I'm going to get railed by handsome, rich men. Uh, and, you know, I guess that's a kind of film. But, like, that's a kind of story you can write. Imagine being that bad of a fuck then. Like, you know, she, she she's willing to fuck anyone. She's fucking everyone, right? And then you still die yeah. in the poorhouse of lung cancer. Like... <laughs> That that just says you know someone's not willing to explore some other whole options is my point. She, so. She's just not good to be around, you know. <laughs> she, 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 bad. She's vibes. here for a good time, not a long time. <laughs> there you go. 
Oh God! Uh, where where can I make that new Drake music video? As we uh, just get a montage of Ayn Rand wasting away over time. Uh, Ayn Rand, for the record, would have loved Drake. <laughs> yeah, he would have knocked her up. Kept, kept calling him. Ayn Rand is hiding a child, <laughs> beating the groomer allegations by going after women who are in their nineties. Yeah, good job. <laughs> Good job, uh, fucking Toronto hey, boy. It, it really fixes the average age that you fucked. Okay, you know. Yeah. Not- no, no arguing with that logic. That's 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 rude and steel strong logic right there. Yeah, that's what they say. If you fuck one nine-year-old, that gets you access to ten nine-year-olds. I think is uh, how it worked with Drake. Fuck. Uh, got Bo. Uh, what what did you think this movie? Garbage? Yes? No? Maybe so? Uh, so just to be contrarian, I'm going to go ahead and say it's not garbage for the very uh, specific reason that this movie fails uh, in all ways, in all ways that it sets out to succeed. Uh, it's a dog shit watch and, um, <laughs> you know, just very poor propaganda even for its cause, uh, which means it's actually not garbage. It's an incredibly good tool against... <laughs> You know, the kind of person who might be into this kind of thing. Yeah, it shows people. Like, oh, yeah. You like objectivism? Sit down and uh, may I may I buy an hour and a half of your time at federally mandated minimum wage uh, or, you know, whatever wage we agree upon because you're a <laughs> fucking weirdo. And uh, maybe do this at gunpoint. I yeah, don't know. And I think gunpoint is going to be required, especially yeah, after. And somehow somehow that is not the worst part of the torture. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like when movie. you like give give a kid a cigarette because they want to try one and yeah you make it. him smoke the whole pack I have a whole yeah. pack yeah. of objectivism <laughs> huh oh, uh, you like it now i've got three feature length films for you right here <laughs> we're gonna lord of the rings this shit. Watch. yeah yeah i looked at the runtime the second movie is somehow like 20 minutes longer than the first and i was like yeah, fuck you uh, <laughs> that's so i'm so, so yes, glad this... we didn't do like a fear street with these oh my god god <laughs> No, I'm sorry. Uh, But yes, this is garbage. Uh, But, you know, as they say, one man's trash is, in fact, another man's treasure. Sure. Yeah. I I would say, though, that uh, torture. Yeah. One man's trash is another man's torture. Um, It's the darkest episode of MacGyver in the world, I think, is what (laughs) ends up happening. Um, I I really hate this movie. I, I hate anyone who might like this movie. I think that anyone who likes this uh, can go ahead and get fucked. Like it is. Please don't talk to me. It is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, one of those things of where uh, it really does tell me something. If someone says like, actually, it's kind of a guilty pleasure. Like, no, it's not even that. Yeah, that's that's even weirder. Yeah. yeah. Cause it's not pleasurable as a movie. No, like nothing about it works. Uh, filmically, I guess is the word. Filmically. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm smart. Yeah. I'm a clever boy. Indeed. Cause you, you can you can enjoy pieces of art from other ideologies you might not agree with or or uh, you know like see eye to eye on. on yeah, stuff. there's plenty but of horror if, movies if, I love that are like pretty like distinctly like oh th- this this one's got some real reactionary views about everybody, huh? Well, yeah, it's a horror movie, so yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a good horror movie. What did you think it would be woke all of a the sudden? There you go. We saw what a woke horror movie was, and that was Fear Street. Yeah. Uh. Oh, don't 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 put that on Fear Street. <laughs> uh, the the real villain was the old white man who was already in charge of the town. Oh, what I, a I'm twist. telling you, the real <laughs> the real woke horror movies have already made. They're called Friday the Thirteenth and uh, anti ableist action right there. Oh god, I'm telling you. Oh god. Uh, or actually Toxic Avenger. That's what that is. Yeah. <laughs> I look forward to that reboot inevitably whenever it happens. So I'm going to I'm going to just do a trauma podcast is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be that guy. See, there you go. And uh, I'm sure get all fucking rockabilly out of nowhere and just thoroughly unpleasant, you know, <laughs> as one does. Yeah. Uh, you can become like the biggest James Gunn tweet defender uh, of all time. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely get a Disney tattoo or five. <laughs> Didn't it come out that he had had like pedophile themed parties? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like he, he He's yeah. a real weird dude. And a lot of his stuff that he was like, I'm trying to be edgy. Kind of, you know, you're like, well, how much of it is you trying to be edgy and more? You being like, wait, I can do this. I can, <laughs> I can throw a pedophile theme party, and no one's gonna stop me. Oh, interesting. <laughs> I wonder what else. Only, I can only get in Hollywood. Yeah, only in Hollywood. How do they come up with this? So stuff? ridiculous. 
but I think that's going to be an episode. So, Bo, tell people where can people find you? What have you got going on? What are you plugging? Yeah. Um, so my main podcast is Psychic Dolphin Garage. It's uh, comedy and culture, uh, artist owned. List- no, <laughs> um, it's, you know, we just kind of like fucking uh, read the news, shoot the shit. Um, our Patreon's real nice and cheap. Uh, our last episode, we spent, I think, probably two thirds of it talking about this one rule 34 artist who's really into Seth MacFarlane characters fucking m&ms um <laughs> and other things that are not other seth, seth mcfarlane characters the art styles just don't match up it's oh, a time. i see i see um and what better what better way to portray that than a than a non-visual format that, so, that yeah, incorporates a paywall indeed yeah that incorporates a paywall yes uh we've also got a D podcast related to uh pdg coming out called dolphins and garages that's very cute um and yeah, other than that, uh, I'm at Schnedwob on Twitter, S-C-H-N-E-D-W-O-B. Hell to the yeah. Everyone, please go ahead and check that out. Uh, Grift, what's happening with you? What's going on in the shop? Uh, we got um, the Dorner Tea is coming back. Uh, Fuck yes. This, this coming Friday, uh, it's coming back. It's going to be screen printed. Uh, first screen printed uh, shirts or products ever on the shop. Um, I got a uh, friend here, uh, um, Stane Haynes at 718 TV. Uh, he's screen printing them in house. Uh, and I have a couple, I have a couple shirts up using my normal supplier, uh, in a collab with him at the top of the shop right now. Um, so yeah, uh, uh, big things happening as they say, I guess, uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm just reaping the benefits of embracing objectivism, the wheels of um, industry turning yeah. along. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm not, I'm no longer, uh, helping any, um, potential competition. I'm crushing them. <laughs> no free clout. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, we're 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 snapping necks and and uh, taking names out here. It, yeah, it's a real uh, just a dog eats out dog world. I, I think, right? <laughs> that's the saying. That's what people say. Um, yeah, that's uh, Richard Dawkins <laughs> said that originally. I think <laughs> Richard Dawkins. Uh, <laughs> uh, but let's see here. For uh, our end on the podcast itself, follow us uh, on Twitter uh, and pretty much everywhere. Uh, Letterbox as well at Gigo Podcast. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Follow us on Spotify. Uh, that is where we can make the real difference. And um, we got some cool things lining up here. We got some uh, other guests that we're going to be churning through uh, as we are pushing towards uh, season two. It's been a fun ride. And then we uh, might have a, some other special stuff in the works for a little bit later on. Uh, leaving a tease that I will never follow up on. Uh, it's called professionalism and <laughs> broadcasting, boys. Uh, you're building out lore, is what you're doing. <laughs> Precisely. Yeah, churn those guests uh, through the meat grinder. Yes, chair Nobel yeah. Prize. There we go. Okay, I like. This. Yeah, can't can't wait to come on next week for Atlas Shrugged Part Two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, oh God, never, never again. Back to the podcasting minds. <laughs> Doing part two would make would make me go on strike. Yes, that, <laughs> <laughs> putting my creativity and labor on strike. That's uh, that's exactly right. Well, uh, without further ado, let's say goodbye, y'all. Alrighty, bye bye. Deuces. Deuces.